You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. So we're going to finish our series. Not really finish it because I'm going to touch on it again uh, this coming uh, Christmas Eve, Tuesday night. We'll, we'll go back into this a little bit more. I'm uh, going to kind of summarize there. But we've been doing a series for the last few weeks on Christmas uh, around the Christmas Carol. Some of any of you have been here uh, for it. But, you know, the, the story, the well-known story written by Charles Dickens. Um, and uh, if you... if I don't know if anybody in the room is not familiar with the story, but if you're not familiar with the story, just in case, there's this gentleman, <laughs> excuse me, named Ebenezer Scrooge, and uh, Ebenezer is visited by three spirits, right? There's the spirit of uh, Christmas past, the spirit of Christmas present, and the spirit of Christmas future. And Scrooge is this, this wealthy, solitary, miserable man who is virtually oblivious to the world uh, around him, and it's set in Christmas time in Victorian England. So has anybody, like, anybody seen the movies, right, seen A Christmas Carol in some version, or they read the book, things like that? Or, um, again, my personal preference is The Muppets, best Christmas Carol ever. Am I, anybody agree with me? Muppets, come on. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so good. Um, and so these spirits visits to Scrooge all in Christmas night, they come visit him, and it dramatically changes him. He goes through sort of this, uh, this transformation and the first spirit is uh, the spirit of Christmas past, right? And, and that's where, you know, in the past is where all our guilt and our shame live, right? All the things that, that happen to us. That's kind of where that guilt lives about and regret. And it's interesting because Matthew tells us, it says, She will have a son, talking about Mary, and you're going to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And the name of Jesus is Savior, right? One of the names for Jesus, you know, Pastor Andre uh, reference some of the names of Jesus. He has lots of names. And one of those is Savior. And Savior is to save people from their sins. So this Christmas, Jesus is our Savior. We can leave our guilt and shame in the past. Because He's our Savior. He's forgiven us. So you can kind of move on from that. Some of us live in guilt. And we, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, Pastor Andre preached about that. And then second comes the, the spirit of Christmas present. And that's you know where we live today. You live in the present. Live in the moment. And uh, it's you know this time of year can be overwhelming. Anybody? Anybody overwhelmed? Anybody just so totally peace? Just this is so calm, so chill. You know, try and try to go to Hamilton Marketplace. Try and just maintain your chill. Maintain. People are driving like nuts. Like, I don't know what's going on. Just they're losing their minds. Um, and uh, it can be easy kind of to lose sight of Jesus in, in, in the hustle and bustle. Matthew tells us again, says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son and they're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Presence. He's the spirit of the present. He's here now. It's a wonderful reminder that no matter how busy it gets, no matter how emotional. Am I I losing battery here? Is that what this is? Yeah, possibly losing battery here. No, battery looks full. So it's just cutting in and out. Fix it, Kevin. Can you need me to do anything? Or are we, we're, we're in the present. We're absolutely living in the presence. That no matter how much you try to do it right, sometimes it doesn't work right. right? But the spirit of Christmas present reminds us that Jesus is always with us. No matter where you go, no matter how crazy, no matter how overwhelming, I just want you to know right now, no matter where you are today, He's Emmanuel. He's with you. Right? He's Savior, so He's dealt with your past. And He's Emmanuel, He's with you. Right here, right now. Let's give it up, Professor Kevin, for whatever he did. Thank you. 
I don't know if he actually did anything. He just touched stuff. And you did, you gotta, yeah, you're missing the thing. All right, you, you fixed the thing. All right. So today we want to reflect on that third visit, the spirit of Christmas still to come, of the future, of, of Christmas yet to come. When Dickens wrote this story, I'm really not sure that he was thinking about God. Okay, I don't think he wrote the story thinking about Jesus and those kind of things. He was really writing an editorial on the state of things in British society at that time in history. If you know the background of it. And so I'm actually going to touch on that on Christmas Eve. Doesn't that sound fun? We're going to go a little bit into, into British history a little bit. I really hope you'll join us. I do this Tuesday, telling you 7 o'clock. It's probably one of my favorite services of the entire year. Like, I absolutely love Christmas Eve service. If you don't have plans... I don't know who doesn't have plans, but if you don't have plans, maybe change them. Get here. It's one hour. I promise we'll keep it short. We'll keep it tight. It's really, really good. It's a great time. And uh, I encourage you to, to come on out. You, you, won't, you won't regret it. I love being with you. It's a sacred celebration of God's matchless love for us. It's such a good time. Um, so the parallels there between Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol and Jesus are uncanny. Right, like the parallels. When you look at the story again, I'm not saying this should be like in Scripture, Christmas Carol, but the parallels—they're they're really astounding. The final spirit visits Ebenezer, shows him a vision of Christmas Day somewhere in the future, right? Sometime in the future, and it's—it's um, it's not pleasant. Again, I don't mean to spoil the end of this for you, but if you haven't seen it by now, not my problem. Okay. Um, it's a dark and desolate future. It implies that Scrooge is going to die a lonely death where people are more uh, happy that he's dead, right, than that he's actually gone. Like, they don't care about him. There's nobody mourning, right? They're just selling off stuff. The future seems to be filled with pain and despair. And the spirit of Christmas present finally leads him to a graveyard and, and, to, and to a gravestone with this name inscribed on it. And Scrooge is absolutely wrecked by this. Like, he's just overcome by this, this night, these experiences, and he says this poignant question, which you're probably familiar with if you've heard anything. You, you, you know this question. And he says, Spirit, are these the shadows of things that will be? Or are they the shadows of things that may be only? Right? right what is he asking? He's asking, is there hope? Is there, is there a possibility that things can change? Or am I destined for this misery? Right? And there's no answer from the spirit, right? There's only this long, bony finger pointing toward a grave, right? That's all you get. All you get. And Scrooge pleads one last time. And I'm going to read directly from the book. And Dickens wrote this. He said, Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which if persevered in, they must lead. This path is leading there. But if the course be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus with what you show me. Please show me that I can choose a different path. Scrooge in his desperation is clinging to a thread of hope that change can come. And again, all he gets is a hand pointing to the grave. Right? So Scrooge approaches. He sees his name on that grave. Right? It says Ebenezer Scrooge. It confirms the identity that this future is indeed his own. He falls to his knees and he cries out at the feet of the spirit in desperation. Spirit, hear me. I am not the man I was. I will not be the man I must have been for this end. And then he asks this question, why show me this if I am past all hope? Why show me if I am past all hope? And it's precisely that question that I want to pause for today. 
Why show me this if I am beyond all hope? There was the great Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder. Right? Any of you remember studying that in school? It says, hope is the pillar that holds up the world. Hope is the pillar that holds up the world. King Solomon said, hope deferred makes the heart but desire realized is a tree of life. Right? Hope is the stuff that animates life. Without hope, we're just existing. If we don't hope in change, if we don't hope that things can get better, we're just sort of bumps on a log waiting for the end of our time. Hope is the stuff of life. So can I ask you a question today about your hope? How hopeful are you about our country? Is our country healthy right now? You, you, you said, oh man, we're good. Everything is copacetic. Everybody's good. We're happy people. Really? Really? I mean, everything's mm, it's, it's a little tumultuous out there. Let me ask you, how's your, how's your family? Anybody got Ajita about Tuesday? You're a little bit like, all right, you know what's coming. You know who's coming. Maybe you know who's not coming, right? You know who's not going to show up. Maybe there's all sorts of stuff that's going on there, right? How about you? Are you who you should be? Are you like, you're good. You, you can't improve any. How many of you are like absolutely perfect? Really? You know, please, right, this, is, this is going crazy. I got to step back. I don't think so. How about, I mean, if you're perfect, please raise your hands so that we can pray for the people that live with you. Mm-hmm. Yep, because they got to put up with that. All right, so let's, let's just, uh, all around us, Kevin's still going to touch things. Here we go. All around us are things that shouldn't be. That's the reality. In our families, in our lives, in our world, there are things that shouldn't be. Right? We live in this state of brokenness. Right? And, and, and the realization that the world around us is not as it should be. It's like Tiny Tim in the story. If you remember, Tiny Tim was a young man right, who is sick, who is not well. And Scrooge sees this. He's the son of one of his employees. And he's suffering. And there are things we wish we could change. We see suffering and there's suffering we want relieved. There's pain we want healed. Maybe for us, maybe for others. And we sit there and go, I wish I could relieve this pain. I wish I could relieve this suffering. There's brokenness in me, in the world around me, in my family, in our country, in our world. There's pain and the presence of suffering affects us. And we know that the story is going to end a certain way unless something changes. Right? On this path, going this way, I know how this story ends because it's ended this way for everybody else. We know how these things go. Like Ebenezer, we can see the future. And unless, can these shadows be changed? Are these only the things that will be, maybe, or can they be changed? This morning, I want to propose a very simple statement. And it's this, and it sounds kind of trite, but there's truth behind it. And it's this, everything changes when you believe that everything can change. Everything changes when you believe that everything can change. Luke was a physician. And he captured the life of Jesus with great attention to detail, like a doctor would. And much of the story of Christ's birth comes from Luke. And Mary and Joseph had made their journey to Bethlehem and Luke had just been born and Luke writes these words. Let's just listen for a moment. It'll be on the screen. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in their fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. 
But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. <laughs> Excuse me. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. We know this story. It's very familiar. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, That was weird. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. This is real. This is a real story. This happened. Right? And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone it had happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. For all they had heard and seen, it was just as the angel had told them. Each week we have paralleled right, the spirits with a name. Right, The spirits that visited Ebenezer with a name ascribed to Jesus. The spirit of Christmas past was Savior. Right, What he does for our past, he, he forgives us from our sin. The spirit of Christmas present is Emmanuel. Right, The one who is ever present, always with us. And the spirit of Christmas future I want to talk about today is this name. We, we hear about Jesus in this passage and it's the word Messiah. It's the word Messiah. Messiah means anointed one. It means the anointed one. If you remember, we did a series on David not too long ago. right? And David was anointed king. And what did that mean for David? How long was it from when he was anointed to when he became king? 15, 20 years maybe? So anointed doesn't mean now. Anointed is a promise. It's a declaration of what will be. See, anointing is all about hope. It's about what's to come. The Messiah had been anticipated for generations within the children of Israel. The people of Israel had been waiting and hoping for generations for this Messiah. This Messiah was going to come. As Pastor Andre shared, 700 years, this birth announcement before it was the hope of a nation that he would come to rescue the people from their suffering. Right? We're waiting for a Savior like the Knicks right now. We're waiting for a Savior, right? Your Cavs had LeBron come and be the Savior, right? You got your championship. I have nothing. I'm still waiting. The Anointed One is a promise. This will be the One. This will be the One who will relieve your suffering. And it went on for hundreds and hundreds of... Can you imagine waiting? Telling stories to your grandkids and your great-grandkids someday. At, at, at some point it becomes myth. It becomes legend. Yeah, 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 Messiah. We've heard all about Messiah. Messiah is not coming. My great, 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 great grandfather said he was waiting. And we're still waiting for the Messiah. The anointed one was a promise. And then the angels told the shepherds, hey, guess what? The Messiah has come. Okay, like we don't understand because we haven't waited for anything that long. But for these people, this was part, this was hard. Wait, what? The Messiah has come. Hope finally has a name, and his name is Jesus. The angels come down, tell these shepherds, the Messiah, it's time. And their minds are like, uh, 
John the Baptist couldn't even handle it. Later on, when Jesus is walking around, John's like, hey, is this you? Are you the Messiah? Are you really the one, Jesus, that we've been waiting for? He asks him, Jesus indeed came to save us from our suffering. He is the Messiah, the one that we have been waiting for, the promise, the one our hope has been in for generations for people. That's who Jesus was, and he was very loud about it. One of the very first things Jesus did when he entered into his ministry, right? He walks into church, he grabs a Bible, he opens it up, and he starts to read, and he says this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. It's from Isaiah, 700 years before. I'm going to read it now, Jesus says. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me, I'm the Messiah, the Anointed One, anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. Think about relieving suffering. What is he doing? He's bringing good news to the poor, comforting the brokenhearted, proclaim that the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. See, the Messiah speaks to all these different people groups, to the poor. I'm going to give you good news. Paradise awaits. To the brokenhearted, I'm going to bring you comfort. To the captive, release. To those in prison, I'm going to send you free. To those grieving, a new day is here. A day of rejoicing, a day of blessing. Jesus changed the story. He changed. You've been suffering and suffering and suffering, but the Messiah is here to change the story. He injected hope straight from heaven into the hearts of humanity. That's a lot of H's, but it's good. Hope changes things. Without hope, why try? Why get out of bed? Why come here? Why do anything? Why get haircuts? Right? Why brush your teeth if you have no hope? If things won't get any better, what's the point of our existence? The reason the spirits came was to change Scrooge, right? Was to do something in him. But here's the thing. Nothing changed about Scrooge's circumstances. Not a single thing changed. The only thing that changed was his perspective gained hope. Wait, you mean I can change who I am? I can change perhaps my influence on this world, I can change. Hope changes everything because it believes everything can change. After attending services, Tiny Tim and his father come home. Mrs. Cratchit, who I cannot picture as anything but Miss Piggy. She asks her husband, how was he at services today? And Bob Cratchit replies, as good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much. And thinks the strangest things you've ever heard. Listen to this. This just... Oh. He told me coming home that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple. He hoped the people saw him because he was a cripple. And it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Have you ever thought that it would be a blessing for others to see you suffer? It would be a blessing for others to see you suffer. Who thinks that way? Only people who have hope. 
it would be a blessing. That in suffering, it's a reminder of who isn't bound by suffering. That when you see my suffering, you remember that there's a God out there who can change the story. That though I'm crippled, though I'm lame, He makes the lame walk. He makes the blind see. He frees the captives. Right? He does it all. Everything that we talked about, that that's the God. Perhaps you entered today feeling angry or hurt or pain or abandonment, bitterness, envy, fear. You name it. Jesus came for you. He is the Messiah. He came for you and you can have hope because of Him. He is your Messiah, your hope. He is out there promising you that change can come. When we see things that are not as we hoped they would be, rather than be discouraged or defeated, what if instead we allowed it to be a cause of hope? Because our God is the God who can change things. So how about instead of when we look at the world becoming despairing, which is easy and understandable, you read the headlines and you get down and you get heavy and you sit there and you listen to people talk and complain. It could be within your family. I don't want to sit there because they're going to bring up politics and they're going to talk about this and he's going to wear that hat and he's going to talk this and it's going to be a fight. And when you think about all the drama and all the mess, how about instead of looking at that and despairing, sit there and go, hey, it's a blessing to hear this noise in my house. To hear this noise because I believe in a God who can change that. I believe in a God who can bring hope. Who can redeem and restore and heal. I don't know. For me, that just, come on. It it does something to me. The reason Jesus came was to change your story. What is doesn't have to stay that way. God is in the change business. He can change you. He can change those around you. He can change everything. Perhaps today. When we see things that are not as we hope they would be, we can allow it to cause us to hope because our God can do the impossible. Everything that is not as it should be is filled with potential for God to do what only He can do. After all, why show us if we are past all hope? Why would God show us these things unless He can change them? Is God cruel and just showing us things and we despair and there's nothing that can be done? Or is He showing us because things can be done? God has given us the gift of sight beyond what is to what could be. And change can come to our attitudes, to our families, to our workplaces. And it awakens with hope. So, here we go. Here's the big question, right? So what? So what? That's nice, Scrooge. That's nice, all this other stuff. So what? And I ask you, how hopeful are you today? The true spirit of Christmas, the true spirit of Christmas is hope in Jesus, the Messiah. The Messiah. He is still the Messiah today. He is still up ahead promising us good and change and transformation. Our response to what shouldn't be in our world is revealing. Let me tell you, when things bug you about what is How do you respond? Do you get angry? Do you attack? Do you criticize? Do you fight? Do you despair? Do you want to quit? Do you cover your head with the covers and say, I'm not getting out of bed. I want to shut it all off. I want to stick my head in the sand. What do you do? Because how you respond to those things that shouldn't be reveals your hope. The best way to measure our hope is to listen to our words. The angels sang hope from the heavens, right? Glory to God in the highest. 
Emmanuel has come. The Messiah has come. They sang it. The shepherds couldn't stop talking about it. Jesus said, I have come to tell, to declare, to proclaim. He came to talk about it. Scrooge, what happened? He has this revelation. What's he do? He's dancing through the streets. Nikki, Kevin, not sure which one he was dancing, but dancing like them through the streets, declaring over and over again how good God is. Hope. Things can change. Things can change. He is proclaiming it with his mouth. Do your words about the future resound with hope? I want to challenge you. Just encourage you, challenge you, whatever. However these next few days are going to look like for you as you gather with family, Christmas, New Year's, all this kind of stuff. As you gather, there are going to be things said to you about the future, about what's going to happen, about how this is going to go, and just about the world. You know like the conversations that are going to go on in your families. And I want to challenge you. Think about what comes out of your mouth. Are you going to add to the criticism? Are you going to add to the complaining, to the whining? Or are you going to speak with hope about a God who can change things? It's an opportunity for you in this, in this next week to speak hope. Because Jesus is the Messiah. Remember the shepherds were rejoicing when Jesus was still a baby. He had yet to utter a single word, preach a single sermon, do a, do a single miracle. He hadn't done anything yet. But they believed that he would. And they went praising and telling everybody and all they saw was a baby sitting there with a diaper on. And if anybody has babies, you know they don't do anything. They just stare at you, you know. When you talk about the future, does it sound like the sky is falling or does the hope of Jesus come out? Let me tell you, the world is listening to how we sound. People are listening to how we sound and do you sound hopeful. Let this be a challenge, a correction, an encouragement. Jesus is the Messiah. You want to keep Christ in Christmas? Speak with hope about the future. The best part of Christmas is not the gifts we give each other or the family time we spend, which is great. It's awesome. Those are wonderful traditions. But the best part of Christmas is the reminder that Jesus, the Messiah, changes everything. He changes everything. Do not quit on hope. I'm going to invite Nikki and the team to close with a song. We believe in a God who can change everything. And everything changes when we put our hope in Him. If we'll do that, perhaps like Ebenezer. This is how he closes. Ebenezer Scrooge says this. Would you just listen to these words? I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Jesus is my Savior for what He's done. He's my Emmanuel with me today and he's my Messiah for tomorrow. He is the hope of everything. This is what he's done inside me. So I'm going to invite Nikki and the team to sing a song. I want to challenge you right where you are. So just bow your heads for just a moment. Heavenly Father, we sit here today in this season of celebration a season where we reflect on you coming here and being born. And it wasn't just about a baby being born. It was about a promise fulfilled. But every one of your promises comes to pass. And you told us you were going to come for us. And you did. 
We can have faith that you're with us right here and now. We can have faith that you're our Savior for what we've done in our past. Pray for everybody in this room right now, God. Lord, release us from guilt. Let us know you as Savior. If you're struggling with guilt today, Jesus is your Savior. He's paid what you owe. You don't owe anymore. Your guilt is washed away. doesn't matter how bad you've been. What nobody knows about, He knows. And it doesn't matter. He loves you anyway. He forgives. He gave His life for you. He came to die. He knew that was the end and came anyway. He is our Savior. He's Emmanuel. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling forgotten, abandoned, overlooked, uncared about, nobody sees, nobody knows, He is Emmanuel with you right now, understanding everything about you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're feeling, what you're afraid of, what you're hopeful for. He knows everything inside you. He knows all the wrongs that have been done to you. He sees everything. He has not forgotten you. He's never abandoned you for a moment. You can't escape Him. There's nowhere you can hide from Him. He is our omnipresent, omnipotent God. He's with us with all power. He's Emmanuel. And if you are here today, and perhaps you are discouraged or despairing of the future, you have given up on things. There is no hope residing in you right now for tomorrow. You don't believe that things are going to get better. He is here to restore that to you today. The enemy may have taken your hope and God wants to give it back. He wants to restore to you hope and say, lift your eyes, lift your head. Don't you see? I am Messiah. The anointed one I was promised and I'm here. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. If you need to hear these words today, the best is yet to come in your life. Your glory days are in front of you. What's ahead is far greater than what is behind. God has done amazing things for us, but there is better still to come. He is the Messiah, the God of eternal hope. So whether you need forgiveness, assurance, or hope today, God's got it all. He's got it all for you. So we're going to sing a song. And as we sing this song, I just encourage you, would you just call out to God and declare today with your mouth, with your mouth, would you declare hope? Would you sing out hope today as we call on the name of Jesus? Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com. 